0: And we're back with another episode of Midweek Menches here on the Lower After Hour family of podcasts. Matt Santini, uh, mayor of Cartersville, running the point for you tonight. Uh, we are joined by Schweitz. Hello to you. Hola. And Allie is back with us after a week away. It's nice to have you back, Allie.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Let's, let's open up in your wheelhouse. A little NASCAR race out in the Coliseum this past weekend. Let's go ahead and get it out of the way. Pretty neat uh, little event you were telling me.
1: All right. It was the sports story of the weekend. Let's put a NASCAR track in the middle of a football field in one of the most historic stadiums in, I would say, the U.S. and maybe even the whole world. Everybody recognizes the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. But I think, I know the racing was amazing. There was beaten. There was begging. There was paint traded. But I think. The story of the weekend was Ice Cube performing at ha- their halftime break and their crowd shots to the crowd that necessarily was not an Ice Cube particular crowd, but there are some young people out there getting jiggy with it, and I appreciated it
0: we well, y'all fans go. of Ice
1: Cube and his music.
0: It's a good thing that uh, there was not uh, anything else on TV to watch, and uh, <laughs> like like the two-hand touch Pro Bowl that everybody was saying. I didn't watch a second of that. I don't know if y'all did, but. I usually don't watch the Pro Bowl, and and I didn't this week, so that's fine. Uh, I did think one of the uh, topics, uh, Schweitz, uh, you and I can relate to, no no surprise. We're both a little follically challenged, uh, but they talked about – we'll we'll come back to Mike Ryan in a minute because I've got some thoughts on this that may not be very popular, but uh, they talked about athletes that have what's called the cul-de-sac, and, of course, that's bald on the top, uh, which is rapidly happening here, and then the hair around the sides – and, uh, so thoughts on athletes that, uh, that may not have been mentioned that have the proverbial cul-de-sac. I've got three of them while y'all think about it. And I have, they're not just, they weren't just good in their field, but they're good comedic names that go along with it. Uh, in basketball, I have Granville waiters who you Probably don't remember. He's before y'all's time. Also, former in football, I have former Dolphins kicker Garo Yepremian. Again, another name that's very good comedically. And then in baseball, not as funny comedically, but just as well-known, Joe Garagiola was a underrated. He was a pretty good baseball player, uh, known mostly for uh his hard stance on the non-use of tobacco in the major leagues, but those are the three that came to my mind again with a comedic tone to them and people that don the, the cul-de-sac. Do you have anybody that you'd like to add or anybody that comes to mind?
2: I couldn't really think of any, I tried to look some up, but you know, I was getting the ones they had mentioned, Kimbo slice, uh, very famously, um, yeah, I just I think of the cul-de-sac more within sports media than the actual athletes themselves. Uh, Tony Tony Kornheiser being chief among
0: them. That's that's pretty good, Allie, You're scouring uh, your your memory banks for somebody.
1: Yeah, the only one that I can think of is just Terry Bradshaw because he still rocks it today. But I I can't really picture someone with that style of haircut in the sports that I watch. They're either completely bald or they're on their way to but they just haven't committed that that last moment of going home and shaving it they look like lebron like where they try to paint it on or try to fill it or that one cbs analyst i don't know his name that clearly paints the line on his head and won't just like
0: commit J- that's it to james just brown james rid brown
1: That's it, yeah. But it's like clearly painted on it. If it starts raining, like he's gonna look like Rudy Giuliani.
0: I guess no NASCAR, Formula One guys uh, sporting the the old cul-de-sac.
1: Oh no, they all they're all young and have just like beautiful locks of hair. The only bald driver I can think of is Todd Bodine, but that's that's about it. Everybody else has their hair. Joey Logano has alopecia, so he's losing his hair, but that's because of a medical medical condition, not really by choice. But yeah, that's about all I can think of.
2: I mean there has to be some professional wrestlers who uh, have a cul de sac look just with the the age they get into, like Arn Anderson and, and whatnot when when he got a little bit older. I'm just that, trying that, to think of that oh, was the only one else. that
0: came to mind with me was Arn Anderson. When you said yeah, that.
2: He's, he's definitely top of mind, but I'm sure there are there And are I mean Hulk
1: Hogan is like the number one. Did a sexual chocolate have a cul de sac, or was he was he bald? Mark Henry. Do you guys remember Mark I, Henry? I think
2: he's sh- a lot of them just shave it when they start going yeah. bald. So I don't remember now. I'm just, try- I was just trying to think of some older wrestlers that might have done it. But yeah, Hulk Hogan definitely had sort of a mullet cul de sac going on. Even when he
0: was young, he had that. Odd that uh, no drivers have cul de sacs given that they drive in circles. Just just a thought there. Uh, I do want to go back and touch on the, the Mike Ryan uh, paying off the the debt this week. And, you know, it's been to some people, it's been fun to some people. It's been annoying, uh, the fine bomb. I've got to tell you, I'm going to make no apologies for who I am in this regard. I am the kind of person that if we're going to laugh, or if there's a joke to be had, I want the person who's the point of that joke to be laughing along with me. I took zero joy in seeing Mike Ryan pay off that bet. I felt so badly for him. I understand, hey, a bet's a bet, and you got to pay it off and do all this, but there's always a line somewhere. Yes, these guys are entertainers to some degree, but they have real lives, and you know, your hair is one of the things that people you know, most immediately recognize you with or you know, they, they judge you by. And so to do something like that, again, it was not a joyful day for him. You can see the stress, and you could see the fact that he really didn't enjoy any bit of it. And the fact that people were kind of piling on at his expense and not along with him. It, it just kind of hurt me a little bit, to be honest with you. I did not enjoy it one bit. And I was wanted to know if y'all, what kind of reaction y'all had to the, the paying off of the debt.
1: I wish he would have just kept stringing this out longer, like corporate Michael. I felt like this ended too short because I think the peer pressure got to him, which is unfortunate. He should have kept it going with stop the shave storm in the Clevelander. This whole shebang it to me, it was hilarious. It's, Such sad, it brings me such sadness that it is over. And the fact that you can't even get to enjoy it as a fan of the show because he's wearing toboggans every day. So we're going to get to see his whatever collection of hats he has to cover up his head because he's never going to show it to us. And I don't know how long it takes for hair to grow back for men, what a month or two. And then he's going to have that awkward phase to where it's like, kind of sort of growing out, but it's not really there. So it's just like sticking up like a Brillo pad kind of haircut. So he's not going to enjoy that at all. Yeah. Like I got no enjoyment out of him getting it cut. I felt like it should have just kept stringing this out longer and longer and him never cutting his hair.
2: To be fair, Mike Ryan has had several awkward haircuts uh, in his time. We've seen those photos that he thinks looks nice, but not necessarily the rest of us. Um it's I I mixed feelings because yes, he didn't seem to enjoy it. I think he he always knew it was happening. obviously he was doing this bit uh, that was rather enjoyable with the stop the shave and how everyone was reacting to that as someone who knew they were going to go bald pretty early in life. I had my first gray hairs when I was two. My mother found them so I had salt and pepper hair my whole life. everybody on my dad's side of the family had de stack haircut so I I knew it was going to happen from an early age so i never really uh put much stock in uh my feelings towards my hair so it's sort of weird when somebody else is really attached to it just always sort of i I can't empathize with it the same way so
0: at the end of the the day it's only hair but like i said people and as you said people identify with it so much and mike ryan again despite the fact that there are like you said, some kind of bizarre haircuts that he's had in the, in the past, he is somebody who takes a great deal of pride in his hair and going to have different, you know, somebody taking care of it and going through these different styles. And like I said, just the look on his face, when that started happening, it just, it it just was not a very joyous day for me.
2: I I will say the story with, uh, with, you know, if his daughter didn't recognize him that whatever he tweeted that, that out, like, yeah, that's a serious thing. Like I'm, I'm, have been cautious with my son and whatnot. Like when I've shaved my head the first time, not, you know, don't just scare him with it, just sort of do it gradual. So he sees the progression because he wouldn't understand if, because after he was born, I didn't shave my head for a while. It was probably the longest it's been in many years. And then I shaved it and he freaked out a bit. So I get it.
0: All right. Well, enough about that. And and I guess the next thing we'll do is we'll just have little updates every week or so, maybe with, with Mike's hair growing back. And you know, if everything else is going all right in his life, other than his hair, he ought to consider his blessings uh, well taken care of. So uh, I do want to go to one thing before we go around with the other uh, comments. I don't know. Did you listen today to the Jerry Springer interview? By the way, yes. Jerry Springer, one of the Jerry. top three mayors that has ever been on the Levitard show, Sean Casey, Jerry Springer.
1: And Matt and I Santini. Can't, I
0: can't remember the other guy, but. I do want to say there was a line in there. There was a story that was being told. I don't know if Stu got said it or if I just think I heard it, but it was phenomenal. And I think the line of the week, they were telling the story about the bizarre show where the man was married to the horse and he'd said that they got, that they were no longer married. And I don't know if Stu said div horse or divorce, but I want to, in my mind, he said div horse. And nobody else caught it, and I did, and I thought it was absolutely hysterical. I don't know if y'all heard that. They should, and- they should have
2: also said married. Ooh,
1: yeah, I, I heard it, and then I heard, I saw Stu just like just start cackling off the mic, like he knew it was bad, but it was so good that it was bad, and nobody said anything. It's, su- it's it such a billy, so it's
2: such a billy line that it, that is billy written all over it, just being anarchist.
0: It was perfect. It was the line of the week for me. Uh, on top of that, Chris being totally inept and not getting his vaccination card in there in time and then couldn't get his credentials and had to spend time away. it's a uh, it is very on brand. I thought that was kind of neat, but uh, let's go around and uh, Schweitz, what do you have uh, for topics this week?
2: I just wanted to ask how everyone feels about Radio Row. It's one of my favorite times of the year, not just because you know the amount of content that's involved, but because it's just random celebrities or random football players talking about, you know, the most random things like, hey, here's this player who's talking about TiVo. Like, what does this guy have to do with TiVo? Like, it's not like they're a brand spokesman. It's just I just find the, the capitalism within everything really entertaining. So I just wanted to know what what how people feel about Radio Row.
0: He has nothing to do with TiVo. It's just that somebody. It's almost like a, an NIL deal among the college players. It's like, hey, I'm going to be out here. Who wants me to shill for them? For the you know, I'm going to make an appearance and I'll get a chance to to speak about your product a little bit. And here we go.
2: I do try to guess what they're going to be shilling before they start like they had errol aaron donald on the one time i think he was pizza hut it's like i would never guess pizza hut with you know for him just not where my my mind goes you actually you know you think of these people as using the products and and whatnot so yeah i just it's sort of a game i play where they announce somebody and it's like okay who are you? you know definitely wasn't picking a stadium in in uh where in san diego as For Marshall Falk, like who, why, why, like who was, who's that helping?
1: Yeah. I have two things for Radio Row. I feel like one, this is just like Stugatz's time to shine for the whole week because when he messes up, it just adds to his, his his excuse making. So now it's like San Diego State has a stadium and. Whoever else is performing, doing something, deodorant swipes, blah blah blah. So like whatever the the athlete's promoting, he just adds it to his excuse, and it's just this really long, drawn out excuse making machine from Stugatz. And then second. Seeing how the celebrity or athlete reacts when Stu got clearly choked to death in the middle of this, the same old question that he's done for five or six years now. And how when even Dan or Stu calls the athlete or celebrity out on it, they're like, huh? What? Like what Jerry Springer did today? Like, huh, oh, what? Blah, blah, blah. They're just waiting for that lame, vague football question so they can talk football, promote this product so they can get their money and then be out and done with it. Nobody, I don't think, has ever asked if Stu was okay. It's so good.
0: I'm glad you brought up the deodorant thing because I had the most difficult time putting deodorant on this morning because I was, having to think, all right, I've got to count how many swipes I've got for this thing. So I'm a, I'm a four to five swiper, I guess. Is just one, it's up five. and down one
1: or is up one,
0: up one. It's one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. It, it's, I've, but again, I've never had to really think about it. You just now Greg Cody claiming, that he does 15. I think that kind of goes against past conversations that we've had, but I guess if you're going to wear underwear for three days straight or for multiple days,
1: Comper, you got to balance it out. Yeah. You ought to be checking check balance your body.
0: You ought to be putting some of that deodorant, not just under your arms. If you're going to be doing that anyway, I thought that was strangely, um, over hygienic of him when in so many other other ways he talks about the plays that he is not quite as hygienically sensitive
1: yeah so i i counted too after that the conversation was brought up because i know i put on a lot when i do put on but i don't put it on for 15 i do eight doing like one two three four five six i do eight per arm and i mean i go through deodorant probably once a month but once you said it's supposed to last a year or two i'm like oh my god no way that's disgusting
0: no well that's um yeah,
2: yeah Just wanted to ask, uh, with the Jerry Springer, is it true that the keys to the city don't mean anything?
0: Well, a key to the city is a ceremonial thing reserved for people that have made significant uh, contributions to the city. As a matter of fact, in my now 12 plus years of being mayor, I have given away one key to the city. It was to uh, somebody who I brought up in our podcast before is Butch Walker, who is from Cartersville, who's a uh, music producer, a, was a member of a group, band called the marvelous three, but has produced uh, panic at the disco fallout boy produced Taylor Swift's red album. And uh, one time was one year was awarded rolling stones producer of the year. So uh, he's fortunate to have a, a friendship with him and had an opportunity to present him with such and, uh, and did that. So giving out keys to the city is not something that is done very often, much more frequently is giving out a proclamation where you, name a day like we did for Billy Gill Day. And um, you do that on a specific year. So like every year, January 31st is, it could be a different day. It just so happens to be the anniversary of Billy Gill day, which this year was the third anniversary of that.
1: Yeah. Whenever I was growing up, I always thought when somebody handed out a key to the city, it was like a key to the town hall. I was yeah. like, well, why do they need a key to the town hall? Like, what are they going to do in there? Like, what, like, why do they need access to the town hall, but then it all made sense later in life. And now it's just a metaphorical key and that makes way more sense than a legit key.
0: Yes. So, but we do have actual, you know, ceremonial keys to give to the city. There are many more people that I'd like to show the door to the city.
1: So I just wanted to give a salute to Amino Haston's laugh far away from the microphone. It has shot up in my rankings of people on the show when they laugh far away from the microphone, just how contagious and how amazing it is. And Amin's laugh is like in the top three now he has always been one of my favorites on the show. I wish they would utilize him more because he is just so all over the place, really good at his, you know, I mean, knows basketball, but man, his laugh just got it for me. And the blurred lines, Hey, 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 when he just, just bombed that in the middle of a conversation, I about crashed my car.
0: (laughs) That was good. Uh, His Stephen a Smith this week has added an awful lot to the conversation. I would say I go hot and cold with Amin. Uh, Some of that based on some of his online activity, which we pretty well aware of.
1: Spider-Man's his favorite movie.
0: Yes. And uh, so. Just the first half. He is a little bit of the, he has a little bit of that chaos. And he, he likes kind of throwing a monkey wrench into things. I did like it if this was about a month ago when Billy was kind of kept derailing Amin. Uh, from getting a point across and that was that was really enjoyable to me but Amin brings uh, he does bring a different level of comedy and you know kind of that very it's it's very edgy and sometimes it's it's too edgy for my taste but I'll agree with you this week has been uh, this week has been among his finest
1: yeah just with all four like all four of them him stroke, Kate and Juju on the uncomfortable couch far away from everybody it's like the little basketball metal larkers just kind of off doing their own thing they're they're slowly becoming some of my favorite people on the show
0: so the thing with the couch about this you know dan's laughing at this couch and how terrible it is he could change that anytime he wants just buy another couch instead of saying look at this terrible couch that espn gave us you know just just replace it go ahead twice they have already uh gotten a couch company to message
2: them. Two of later. them.
1: Salute to Cincinnati Lou for yes. starting a fake GoFundMe in the process to get them a couch. And then two, there's Love Sack and another sack. This week has all been about sacks with ball sack, love sack, and this other sack company. So now they're gonna have couches galore.
0: I did not know that Cincinnati Lou had started a GoFundMe for that. I haven't been online enough to see that, but it is on brand for him who's gotten them other appliances, a printer and a, and a mini refrigerator. And, uh, it does not surprise me. I'm just sorry that I missed it. So I just
2: want to say that I am currently sitting on a couch that is, it's not rock hard, but it is a a similar probably model to the one that they are sitting on. This is our sort of extra couch that I had when, when we first uh, moved in together and we just had space for it down here in the basement. But, um, yeah, I, surprised that that's even what they went with i mean we got ours at ikea so it's not the worst piece of shit on the planet but it uh, could certainly be nicer would
0: you spend the night on it if you had to i have several times
1: love a good couch sleep sometimes i choose it over sleeping in the bed love sleeping on the couch and waking up to charmed after a night of watching NBA basketball.
0: Yeah. I've been doing a lot of uh non bed sleep here lately. I not to get too much in, I'm just having trouble sleeping for God knows what reason. So I haven't been doing any cou- as much couch sleeping as I had been just getting up in my, uh, in my chair in my, just in a chair and just putting the feet up and just saying, Hey, I've just listened to a podcast and fall asleep doing that and actually sleeping better sitting up in a chair than, than actually in my bed, which is bizarre, because I got a got one of those pricey special beds. You should uh, tell your doctor about that. There's my, there's your medical advice for the week, but thank you. You know we're not on that Canadian system. We got to pay down here.
2: I know it's just there's there's times I know with with my father with his sleep apnea and some of his medical condition. There was a whole bunch of stuff, but um, at some point they he found sleeping upright was much better for him because. For, for a variety of reasons, he, he just found it easier to sleep and it just correlated with some, you know, a whole bunch of medical stuff. So I know that sometimes that that's part of it. So that's why I say uh, I'm going to mention it.
0: I'm going to hook some straps to the ceiling and then just like hook my arms on them and just sleep standing up.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, that's basically what I had to do two weeks ago when I had COVID and couldn't breathe whenever I was sleeping. So I had like five pillows behind me and I was basically sleeping in a sitting position so I wouldn't die. Love a good sitting up sleep.
2: Glad that worked. Glad you're back.
1: Yeah, as you can hear, I sound fantastic. Get your vaccines, people. (laughs) Because you'll get sick just like me.
0: All right, what else we got this week?
1: Shout out to the show having a kitchen camera. This is probably a hot take and not a popular take, but I'm going to say this anyway. Smetty needs a segment of where she bakes shit, especially now that there's a kitchen cam. I would love to see her actually bake stuff because what she posts on Instagram looks absolutely delicious. And based on the feedback she gets from the people on the show with her baked goods, I feel like that could be a market to where they haven't really seized that yet. And it gives her something that she could work on and master while she waits for the second season of off the looking glass to start back up baking segment. Let's go.
0: Good idea. And you know, I want to circle back to Amin, because I knew I was leaving something up, but what you just said reminded me of that. I know that the They're pumping out so much content. And even Dan will say, look, we're putting out things in a whole lot of different areas, a whole lot of different interests. You don't have to like all of it. You know, some of it you're going to like, some of it you're not going to like. I really love Mystery Crate. I love the creativity and the open forum and just kind of the the unbuttoned approach to them, just relaxing even more than they do during the normal show. But that stuff with the, the book of Boba Fett, the book of two or whatever that is, Oh my gosh, I, my thumb gets sore just fast-forwarding through every bit of that. My God, droning on for 45 minutes. It, they talk about the show longer than it actually does to watch the show, and it is, again, maybe that's the favorite part for some people. Maybe the two of you like it, but it is among the least enjoyable things I have heard in all of the Levitard family of stuff.
1: Does he ascertain? I haven't listened to it. I, I, I can't. I, I hate Star Wars. That's my another probably unpopular opinion. I hate Star Wars. I've never gotten Star Wars. I will never get into Star Wars. I don't understand Star Wars. So I haven't listened to any of it. I miss the OG Mystery Crate where they just talk about random stuff. Even so, if they eat into the microphone and it's dreadful. I'd rather listen to that than listen to Boba Fett.
2: They'll get back to the OG. This was, I mean, Boba Fett gives them an excuse to put out Mystery Crate, not have to take on most of the uh work for a few weeks as the Super Bowl was gearing up and all of these other plans were being made, so I understand why they're doing it. I enjoy it. Um I listen to Cinephobe. I listen to several other podcasts that are recap shows and deep dives into various parts of shows and pop culture. So that's I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. They're doing a Cinephobe version of uh Book of Boba Fett. And yeah, if you're not interested in that don't listen to it but um compared to some of the other recap shows it's actually quite interesting as how they handle it and he does have chemistry with maze and i really do enjoy them
0: yeah i mean and i don't watch i don't watch the bachelor i don't watch any of the challenge shows but i'll listen to the back in the BBbb days
1: i mean i, I would miss bachelor to, with the boys I, man I oh that. that was so good they should have gojo it. back on to do that to get that back up and running again
0: even though I had no clue as to what they were talking about, it was still enjoyable to listen to the banter and that one just doesn't do it. You bring up you bring up Gojo. he's a free agent announced earlier this week he was uh, no longer with ESPN. Of course ESPN speaking of cul-de-sac hair. That's right. And uh, you know ESPN said you know that they tried to sign him. We don't know if his offer if the offer was good or if he was really ready to go out on his own. Uh, there, you know everybody says there's one place where he would fit really good. And they'll just be one Mikey C departure away from getting the weekend observations crew back
1: together. I would love it if they did something like if they're trying to really expand and make this a media company, they need to start doing stuff in the afternoon. Like back in the old days, the show used to, what the show used to be. Gojo would be perfect for that. Having his own like afternoon sports, non-sports kind of show. I feel like that would really mesh with the style of the show and with Gojo really well. Plus how gritty is it broadcasting? I hope Notre Dame snatches him up with whoever has the rights to all their Notre Dame broadcast, which I think is NBC. I'm not quite sure, but he is a really good broadcaster and he would be amazing as his own kind of sports radio show in the afternoon.
2: I don't think they're going to go for more sort of sports radio content. They're going into podcasts because they are weekly or biweekly you know, the fact that they're doing their regular show every day is because they were, they were a radio show. Um, I think from a logistical standpoint, it is much, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to force people to listen every day if you don't have to. Um, it's just easier on the talent and whatnot. So I think it's, I don't, I don't think they should be doing like a radio setup where they're releasing Gojo in the afternoon. Um,
1: I think okay. it would be a good counter to Dan talking in circles with the amount he's talked in circles over the past two weeks. He's just been on Pete and repeat mode. And I feel like Gojo would be a good kind of counter to that.
2: You can bring like a Gojo- different kind
1: of sports you, programming.
2: You can, but you don't need to do it every day. You can do it as a podcast twice a week, three like Bomani does, you know, a podcast three times a week. You can still do that. Um, I don't think you should do it within like a, a radio format though, where you're expect where, where we're expecting it every day. I don't, I don't think that, Necessarily, works or is feasible based on the model that they're going for.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, wor- it worked with him though. It, Gojo's done afternoon, morning radio every day because because he, because he had
2: long. because he had to be at certain times. He's trying to get away from that now potentially.
1: Yeah, he's just really good at it. That's just I'm being selfish sure. in that I, I want know. more Gojo. It's <laughs> well, true. I'm they,
2: just I'm just thinking from the logistical standpoint. You don't other than the the main Levitator show, you don't have anything else that's every day. And and, and if you look at, you know, the ringer, or various other media companies, you don't have anything else that's sort of a radio format every day. That is, you know, with with the exception of very few things. And for the most part, it's only one or two shows on those networks. It's not everything. So I don't think they're going to do that again.
0: And now that they're doing, you know, you see this week they're doing more of the YouTube. I enjoyed today. I usually don't get a chance to watch live. I'm, I'm just a I'm a podcast guy. So, but I did watch the video today and I, I enjoyed that an awful lot. And if they're going to start using the YouTube channel a little bit more, maybe there is an opportunity to maybe not daily, but you can do certain a certain day of the week at a certain time for Gojo to do whatever he does and maybe add a visual component to what they're doing uh, via podcast. So let's, uh, let's let it end right there. A uh, three amigos version of midweek Menches. Uh Schweitz, where can people find you in the frozen North? And Allie, what about you?
1: At Allie Dawson 14.
0: Very good. And you can find me at Santini Matt. want to thank you all for listening once again. Also a reminder that we have a lot of other things going on with the Lower After Hours family of podcasts, post-post game, Laughter the Club, Cinema. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, I made my debut on that. Had a wonderful time. I don't know if anybody else enjoyed it, but I sure did as we reviewed uh, Point Break and kind of delved into that for a while. Had a really fun time with uh, Beep Count, Jeanette, and Lou, uh, the four of us, went over and talked about the great movie, not-so-great movie, back in 91 that was Point Break. But there's an awful lot of content there to see either way. Also remember to do shop.lowerafterhours.com. That'll do it for this week's edition of Midweek Mentions. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lower After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lower After Hours or Instagram at Lower After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.